0: I heard this before but the number one regret of the dying is this I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life that others expected of me and this is from the book The Regrets of the Dying written by someone who is a nurse to those in the final stages of their lives think about that regret for a moment I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me that must be torture It hits close to home for me because I know that i lived the first 32 years or so of my life based on what others expected of me. As I look back now, I think that I wasn't even really living. I certainly wasn't living my life. Think about the anxiety that goes along with that, the constant worry that I might be letting someone down. And unfortunately for me, I used to have people in my life who could tell that that was how I was living. And let's just say that they used that to their advantage. I had three people in particular who were very, very good at playing the guilt card or the disappointment card. It was right before my 32nd birthday when I had an experience that changed the course of my life. At that point, I had a boyfriend and we'd built a beautiful house and a beautiful life together, or or so I thought. And then one night, he came home in an absolute rage. He said that he couldn't stand me any longer. I remember he leaned over me, you know, where I was standing because he was quite a bit taller than I I am. I could literally see the veins standing out in his neck and his face was contorted with rage. I could, I could barely even recognize him. And I was very confused because we had spoken 10 minutes prior on the phone before he got home. And at that point he'd said, I can't imagine my life without you. And I have to say, when I was confronted with this rage, I was, I was like dizzy from this turn of events, and I I did not understand at all what was happening. And then he stormed out of the house, slamming the front door so hard, I thought the glass would shatter. And this is the funny part. Well, I don't know what's funny, but I clearly remember staring at the door and thinking, if he's gone, who is Bobby? And what does she want? I'd been in that relationship for so long, and I'd never asked myself those questions. And that was my fault. I'd made a critical mistake. I forgot that I was the author of my own life. And here's the thing, you are either the author of your own life or you are a character in someone else's story. I started thinking about those questions though. Who is Bobby and what does she really want? And the most important one was the first one. Who am I? Who am I really? Who am I at my most authentic? A couple of months later, I went on vacation to Cabo, and I got up very early every single morning, like around 6 a.m., and and I, I'd head down to the beach, and there's this little place where you could buy some coffee and have a little croissant, and no one else was out yet, and the, and the sun was just hidden in the water. It was beautiful. And it was so quiet. And after my little breakfast, I'd take these long walks along the beach. About seven days in, I was walking on the beach, and it was like a little film of my life was playing in my head. And that's when it hit me. When I looked at myself through my eyes, I liked myself. For years, I'd been looking at myself through other people's eyes, through their expectations of me, through their judgment of me, and I'd never liked myself. But in that moment on the beach, though I made a solemn commitment, I would never, ever give away my power again by judging myself through someone else's eyes. I would grade my own paper on who I am and how I show up. That is still one of the best and most powerful moments of my life. And I'd like to say that everything was easy from that point on, but that would be both true and false. It was true because I started discovering who I was and and what I cared about. I started changing as my authentic self really emerged, and that did bring a sense of ease and peace. It was false because not everyone in my life was on board with that. I had both family members and one friend who said, we don't like this new Bobby. We just want the old Bobby back. I remember when, when one of my family members said that to me and I asked, and what was it that you liked so much about the old Bobby? And she replied, she did what I wanted her to do. Now you're just selfish. And I have to tell you that selfish comment, that stung until I recognize the manipulation behind it, because that's not love. That's not friendship. No one deserves that. It was about, I don't know, a year, a year later after that encounter, I was at a women's writing retreat in upstate New York and the instructor entered the room and she went directly to the board and she wrote on the board, it is not selfish to do what you want. It is selfish to expect others to do what you want. I'm sharing this because I hope that every single person who is listening to this is daring and courageous and bold enough to live on your terms and no one else's. I implore you, if you have that nagging feeling that you are not living a life true to yourself, do something about it now. Don't wait for the time to be right. It will never be right, but the time is now because you deserve to live your life your way. I cannot promise that the work is easy. I can't promise that you won't lose friends or that you won't tick off some people who are supposed to love you. What I can promise you is that once you once you see through it and once you once you go through it, it is worth it. This is your journey. Embrace that, own that, be you. If I can do anything to support you, reach out to me. I absolutely hate seeing people live a life that is less than what it could have been for them. That wraps up this episode. I hope that you're already well on your path to your true life and your true self. If you know of someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And until next week, make sure that you rise and thrive.